Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to the San Francisco Giants edition of the For the Fans, By the Fans podcast, where we bring you your weekly dose of all things San Francisco Giants baseball from the fans' perspective. I'm a lifelong Giants fan and your host, Benjamin Shapiro. As the Giants hover just around 500 in roughly third place in the NL West and they prepare for their series against the Colorado Rockies, we welcome back a very special guest. Itzau Ku is a business development manager in global productivity solutions at the Intel Corporation. He lives in Portland, Oregon, and he is both a part owner in the Fresno Grizzlies minor league baseball team, and he's a diehard Colorado Rockies fan. If you weren't here for yesterday's podcast, we talked to Itzau about what it's like to own a minor league baseball team, and today he's going to give us the lowdown on what life is like as a Rockies fan. But before Itzau tells us about his love affair with Charlie Blackman, I want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you on behalf of our friends at Fanatics. Fanatics is the global leader in licensed sports merchandise. They have the world's largest collection of official sports apparel from the league's teams and players that you love. So, if you're a Rockies fan like my friend Itzau and you want to combine a Charlie Blackman jersey with that old Brian Wilson beard that you have from Halloween seven years ago, then click the show notes in this podcast or go to ftfbtf.com fanatics and our friends at Fanatics will kick us a couple of bucks to help pay for the production of this podcast. And with that said, let's get back to our conversation with Fresno Grizzlies minority owner Itzau Koo. So you're a part owner of a Houston-affiliated minor league baseball team, but you're a Rockies fan deep down. Yes. Tell me how you became a Rockies fan. So I grew up in a suburb of Denver. Denver Broncos are the number one show and still are. When I was growing up, all we had were the Broncos and the Nuggets. So at the time, I was actually a Giants fan as a kid. I was a big Will Clark fan. You and me too, brother. Yeah, he was my guy. And I watched that San Francisco-Oakland World Series. So that's what got me hooked on baseball. And then the Rockies were finally awarded an expansion team along with Florida, who are now Miami. And unfortunately, they have gotten a few world championships while the Rockies, we haven't even won a division. in. this is the 25th year of Colorado Rockies baseball. But you've been to the World Series twice. No, we've only been once. Didn't they play the Red Sox? Was that Rocktober? Yes. That was, that was the one time? That was the one time, the Rocktober. Okay, but you've been to the World Series. Well, we've been to the World Series. Yes, that was a magical run. It was like a crazy 22 out of 23 games. We caught lightning in a bottle, and then we went through the playoffs. We swept every game there. And then we just had to wait while Boston was playing on their side. And I think that kind of killed the momentum a little bit. And then we got swept by Boston. What I remember about Rocktober is Troy Tulowitzki diving into home plate to send his team to the World Series. And he slammed his face into home plate as he was scoring the winning run. And the question was, did he have a concussion? No, it wasn't Troy. It was uh, Matt Holiday. Matt Holiday. Sorry. Yes. The... <laughs> San Diego Padres are still bitter about that. I see fans constantly on Twitter saying, oh, Matt Holiday still hasn't touched home plate. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't have replay back then. So it's kind of the call. And yeah, it'll kind of be one of those folklore type events. Like, did he touch home plate or not? It was the he was in the crease. The band is on the field. Did he touch home plate moment? I think he had a concussion, too. 
he slammed his face so hard into the ground. He was like bleeding. And I'm pretty sure he was seeing stars for a few minutes. If he left a tooth on home plate, does that count as touching? <laughs> I think it does. Okay. All right. Well, then there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about this year's Rockies team. What do Giants fans need to know about the team going into the series against the Rockies? So you're dealing with the Bizarro World Rockies this year. You know, you think course field, you think hitting, but this year it's the exact opposite. Our pitching has been awesome. We spent in the offseason $106 million just on relievers. We got Wade Davis, re-signed Jake McGee, signed Brian Schaffkulman. And so a lot of main bullpen and pitching. From offense standpoint, we're 22nd in runs scored at this moment. We're 26th in batting average, but we're 8th in home runs. So we're like a bunch of Mark Reynolds just swinging for the fences and not caring about on-base percentage necessarily. So is that a factor of the small sample size beginning of the season where the team will eventually hit for a better average, still have power, and the pitching staff has been out of their mind but will come back to where they should be? Or is this Rockies team really going to be pitching first and just strikeouts and homers? Well, what's interesting is so far we've had the most road games. And I mentioned Bizarro World Rockies. Like we actually are 15 and 8 on the road, which historically we've always been awful on the road. And then we're 6 and 8 at home. Mm-hmm. So we've played more road games than any team right now. So maybe that's the reason why we're pitching so well, because we're not in course. But last year, we started four rookie pitchers. So this year, everybody was kind of seeing like, oh, will we have kind of this sophomore jinx with the pitchers? Because last year, they pitched pretty well. So this year, they've been holding their own. Before yesterday, they had uh, nine straight quality starts. And that's a franchise record for the Rockies. They have nine straight quality starts which actually it's the second longest streak behind Houston this year for quality starts. So I think the pitching's there. We have some starters even at the AAA level that can step in if one or two get injured. So I think the pitch is here to stay. It's the bats that need to wake up. And maybe that will change when we start playing more home games. So I'm looking over the starting staff You have John Gray, who has 4.24 ERA, Chad Bettis with a 2.05, so he's 4-1. He's been nails so far. And Chad Bettis is a phenomenal story. He was out a bunch of the season last year because he got testicular cancer, and it was like his second stint. So he's been kind of a really great feel-good story this year because he's pitching awesome coming off of overcoming cancer. So what's awesome about this staff is It's really young. So Chad Bettis is the oldest guy. He's 29 years old. So you have Kyle Friedland, who has a slightly under four run ERA, and then Tyler Anderson, who's at 4.2. So basically everybody is hovering around a four run ERA with the exception of Chad Bettis, who's two. That's a pretty solid starting staff. Yes. It's kind of historical staff for the Rockies. We've never had an ERA besides this year. We've only had one time where we've had an ERA of under four. Mike Hampton? (laughs) Not Mike Hampton, not that year. No? Who was it? No, as a staff, I'm saying. Oh, as a staff. Okay. I thought you had had one pitcher with an ERA under four. (laughs) (laughs) That might have been the case. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Ubaldo Jimenez. Oh, Jimenez, that first half season, he was untouchable. He threw that no-hitter. He was the starter of the All-Star game. And then his shoulder melted. Yeah. (laughs) Then it just all went downhill from there. And then we traded him. (laughs) But yeah, that was a magical first half season for Ubaldo. 
So tell me a little bit about how the Rockies fans think about San Francisco Giants fans and how do they think about this year's team? I think there's a respect for the Giants. Obviously, it's kind of one of those you hate them because they were winning when the Giants were winning every other even year or whatever, the World Series. You respect the organization and you want to get over the hump on them. But now, I don't know. I think we both have a, at least from my perspective, we both have that animosity towards the Dodgers more so than the Giants. It's one of the things that stuck out to me talking to fans of other fan bases. It's come up in our conversation with fans from Arizona, with fans from Oakland, with fans from Colorado, that it's like, we don't necessarily like the Giants, but we agree that we hate the Dodgers. (laughs) That's right. The Dodgers and... For us, just because we lost to the Red Sox, maybe there's some animosity there. And then because there's Rockies fans in Colorado. Just at the end of the day, the only thing on TV was WGN. And so there's Rocky or Cub fans in Denver. Or a lot of people from Chicago moved to Denver because of the weather. But there's always a good, healthy debate on who's the best third baseman between Chris Bryant and Nolan Arenado. So there's always some animosity there as well. You're not throwing Pablo Sandoval into that mix? Hey, Kung Fu Panda, you had some good years in there. Is he still on the team? He actually is. He left to sign with the Red Sox. He signed a $95 million contract. They cut him after two and a half years, and now he plays for the Giants for league minimum, and he comes off the bench backing up Evan Longoria. Okay. And the Red Sox are still paying him roughly $20 million a year. Well, baseball is uh, known for sometimes having bad contracts. Uh, we signed Ian Desmond last year for $70 million, and he's playing every day. The Giants generally save their terrible contracts for pitchers that are in the middle of their career and they sign them for $20 million for the back half of their career. And as much as I love them, Barry Zito, who beat Justin Verlander in the World Series, Matt Cain had a rough end to his contract. We have Samarja, who that contract looks like it's going to be a disaster. Cueto's been good, but is now injured. Those are all like five-year, $100 million contracts. So, you know, we've, we've had our fair share of like oopses. Yeah, but you have three World Series rings. It all worked out in the end for the Giants for this decade. (laughs) And going back to Pablo Sandoval, since you're the owner of a minor league baseball team and a big part of your role is to think about the concessions and some of the marketing, I think one of the biggest reasons why the Giants went and signed Pablo Sandoval was they make as much on merchandising from selling panda hats as they do paying him this year. That's a very good point. It's all about merchandise. That's one of the reasons why we're so close with our friends at Fanatics, but I'll save that for the exit of the podcast. (laughs) Sounds good. So you think that the Rockies are going to win 91 games this year? I'm optimistic. Optimistic. And that puts them in the fight for an NL West division or a wild card. Do you think they win the division? Do you think they end up in a wild card spot or... I would love that to happen, but Arizona looks pretty good this year. So as much as it pains me to say that. I think that from the Giants fans perspective, I look at Arizona, at least so far this season, looks like the class of the NL West. I think that everybody is still in fear of the Dodgers putting things together and going on a run like they did at the end of the year. And I think when it's all said and done, they will likely be competitive. And the Giants feel like a 500 team. And really, Colorado is the mystery to us, whether they're going to be another 500 team or whether they're going to be in the mix, kind of like they were for the second wild card last year. 
Yeah, we're kind of in that unknown quantity. Like, no one really talks about the Rockies ever. <laughs> we're kind of in the background sometimes. Even, I think, some of our top players, I don't think they necessarily get the credit that they're due. Everyone just kind of says, oh, course field, like they can hit. But Charlie Blackman, he's hit nine of his 11 home runs on the road. No one really talks about that. I'm still not convinced that it's not Brian Wilson. <laughs> it's his twin brother. It might be him in a different uniform, and he's saying it's his twin brother. <laughs> so what do the Giants think about the Rockies? As a Giants fan, I think that the Rockies have always been sort of middle to lower end of the division in terms of competition. So I think that they probably lump Arizona and Colorado together as the expansion teams in the division. Arizona's had a little bit more success. They've won a World Series, but they're still relatively young teams. So organizationally, I think that they're trying to build tradition. They're still trying to figure things out from the executive level leadership, as opposed to San Diego is a team that's been around forever and has really fallen on hard times and isn't necessarily that interesting or competitive. And then you have the Giants and the Dodgers, who are teams that have been around forever. And those are sort of your traditional powerhouses. So you respect everybody in the division. And I don't think that there's any animosity towards Colorado, but the balls are juiced. The park is scary. And we live in fear of going and having a five-run lead in the sixth and watching it evaporate in Coors Field. Yeah, you certainly have to play a different way when you're in Coors. Teams still have to be aggressive, even with like a six-run lead. You're still stealing bases. And you don't necessarily do that in other parks. Like, let's say you're in Tropicana, you're not trying to rub it in. But in Coors Field, it's, it's a different story. So definitely a different managerial style you have to bring to that ballpark. Yeah, I think that for the Giants, sometimes you go to Coors Field and it feels like your chance when you're a team that doesn't have a lot of power to get healthy and build some momentum. And the bass just tend to wake up when you're at Coors Field. And then sometimes we live in fear of just getting absolutely homered on repeatedly. So, <laughs> Well, like I said, Bizarro World Rockies, they've only have scored 10 runs only one time this year. That was May 2nd. That was against the Cubs. So they're not blowing teams away. And it's interesting because, yeah, we're pitching and we're playing good defense. So maybe it kind of changes things. Great. Well, before we let you go, uh, it seems like the Rockies are competitive. I know the Giants and the Rockies have a series coming up. Any last stories about baseball, about the Giants, about the Rockies? Give me something interesting to share with our fans. Yeah. So I just wanted to tell this one story that I was lucky enough to come out to San Francisco for a game and do a tour with uh, Dick Monfort, who is the owner of the Rockies. And he had his operations guy with him. Uh, this was a few years back. And we were going through the tour at the stadium. And Dick kind of stopped the tour and said, oh, this is what I'm talking about. And he pointed at the chopped onion dispenser at the stadium. And he had like a 10-minute conversation with his operations guy discussing this onion dispenser and how we needed to have that at Coors Field. So just want to let you know, San Francisco, you guys are the king of the onion dispenser. <laughs> so we might be a 500 team. You might be making the playoffs. It looks like we are probably going to be the, on the outside looking in. But at the end of the day, when they're playing the games in October, we still have the World Series of Onion Dispenser Championship. That's right. That's right. You know, something to be proud of. And three World Series rings to go along with it. Yeah, throw that in there as well. But <laughs> um, yeah, onions is where it's at. Well, you have the Fresno Grizzlies taco jerseys. Maybe it should be the San Francisco Giants onion jerseys on Tuesdays. Yeah. <laughs> 
it could probably happen in minor league baseball with all the silliness and craziness that happens in the league. So yeah, maybe that's a future uniform. All right. Well, we're going to say thank you very much to Itza for joining us. And uh, that's a wrap for today's show. If you want to hear more conversations like this one, or if you just want more Giants baseball in your podcast feed, click that subscribe button in your podcast app. Thanks again to our friends at Fanatics. Don't forget, if you're going to buy your Giants gear, then click the link in our show notes or go to ftfbtf.com fanatics. And our friends at Fanatics will kick us a couple of bucks to help with the production of this podcast. Until next time, swing and a miss, and that's it. 